0: Welcome to the Books Made Me Do It podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Paquette, social media marketing consultant by day and bookworm by night. And this, my friends, is the internet's most inspiring book club. Join me today as I engage in passionate and insightful conversations with boundary-pushing individuals who share with me a book that had a positive impact on their life and career and helped them get to where they are today. From business, creativity, entrepreneurship, marketing, productivity, personal growth, we cover it all by sharing empowering lessons, career advice, and tools along the way. This is the Books Made Me Do It podcast. In today's episode, I had the chance to chat with young entrepreneur Alicia Wade, founder and president of Envision Media, a social media marketing agency based in Montreal. Alicia's passion lies in social media marketing. Two and a half years ago, only a few months after graduating, she quit her nine to five to pursue her love for social media. Since then, she's helped many brands market themselves online and grow their following successfully. Alisa also hosts a variety of workshops around Montreal every few months, focusing on different social media topics. Alicia chose to share with us a book that really resonated with her as a young entrepreneur. The book is called Bossing Up and was written by Samantha Chris, an international success coach, author, and speaker. Samantha Chris is also the founder of the Bossing Up movement, a community that empowers each other to harness their hunger for more and create opportunities for themselves and others. In her book, she defines bossing up as the act of harnessing your hunger and creating success. A true boss knows their worth, wants him or herself and others to succeed and does whatever it takes to make it happen. This book is in fact a blueprint for success and it outlines actionable steps and goal setting methods that have earned its author five promotions in five years, enabled her to double her income at that time and propelled her into the life of an entrepreneur. So now without further ado, I invite you to enjoy this conversation with my guest, Alicia Wade. welcome welcome Alicia thank you so much for hopping on this conversation with me today I am so excited that you actually had me discover a book and I'm really curious to know when's the first time you actually
1: stumbled upon that book and when did you hear about uh, Samantha Chris in the first place well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Um, and actually, I discovered Samantha Chris at a, an event last summer. Um, it was a launch event for a vegan skincare brand called Etymology, and um, the the launch event was obviously discussing sustainable beauty, but it also focused a great deal on women empowerment and um, just supporting like women entrepreneurs and women in the in uh, the entrepreneurial kind of and um, they had Samantha Chris give a little speech at this event Um, and at the end of the night we each got a little goodie bag um, and inside was actually a signed copy of her book bossing up so I knew that it was a book that I wanted to read when she gave her speech like she was super um, inspiring and really all about kind of pursuing a life that you're passionate about which is so on brand for me that's literally what I've kind of built my life around, so I knew instantly that it was a book that I really wanted to read. Honestly, like when I did my research and I'm like, okay,
0: wait, Samantha Chris is from Montreal. You're from Montreal. I'm from Montreal. I feel like this episode is actually like an homage to badass entrepreneurs in Montreal. Like, I am just so excited for this episode. So, just to put our listeners just a little bit in context, the book actually dives into what Samantha Chris calls her success stoppers so with experience she just noticed that there are five specific themes that will often come in the way of success so the five success stoppers are actually number one we don't know what we want number two we believe we want what others want and pursue their imposed success number three we focus on perfection instead of progress Number four, we keep ourselves small. And number five, we compromise our definition of success based on fear. So we pretty much all experienced at one point in our life, these types of situation, whether it is when we're faced with new projects or new opportunities and taking these really big decisions. So my question to you, Alicia, is can you tell us a little bit which one of these success stoppers you most commonly experience? And are there any specific ones that you notice I've been facing these so much in particular into the entrepreneurship and with your decision to owning your own business?
1: yeah so honestly when i read that chapter and i read those success stoppers i all i kept i was literally just nodding my head i was as i was reading them because they are so accurate and not just for myself but for everyone around me that i see who are on this entrepreneurial path as well um so many of us go through these success stoppers and i would have to say that the one that has really affected me um, especially when starting my business was the we compromise our definition of success based on fear um, I'm not sure if it was embossing up or not, but I read somewhere that we limit ourselves and our success based on this myth that kind of we've made up. And that myth is basically that we tell ourselves we'll succeed. But only to a certain extent. So, you know, when the thought of being like the next Bill Gates or the next Steve Jobs comes into mind, we already tell ourselves that's not going to happen for us because, you know, they're one in a million and it's unrealistic to think that we'll ever attain that kind of success. And by putting that energy out there, oftentimes, um, even before starting, we've already limited ourselves. So, when I started my agency, I would say the exact same things to myself, you know, my agency will be small, it's never going to be like the next Deloitte, you know? So, we have this predisposed definition of what unrealistic goals are, when in fact, a lot of them aren't even unrealistic. It's just kind of this myth that we made up in our heads. Um, You know, if someone like Gary Vee, for example, went into his business with that mindset, he wouldn't be where he is today, you know? So just like so many other successful people, they never limited themselves in the first place. So that's definitely probably the number one success stopper that has really affected me.
0: It's so true that we often go into things and think like, how can I make the same thing as they have done. And often it stops us before even starting. So I can totally relate to your story. I would say that if I think of my journey, I think the one that was the most predominant in my um in my idea of becoming an entrepreneur was focusing on perfection instead of progress so I come from a family where my dad would like constantly tell me when we were young to me my sister you know whatever's worth being done is worth being well done and he would be so meticulous in everything he would do so I really grew up in this idea of everything had to be perfect whatever that may mean um in the startup world i was confronted to the idea that i could no longer try to be perfect because everything was moving so quickly right um so that was the first time when i was just like shot off on the idea to having to be perfect and the idea of like you know what done is actually better than perfect so that would i would say the toughest blocker for me i'm still working on it every single day i'm getting better and better at it and changing my perspective on things um, and i love how samantha explains how often when we start feeling these success stoppers and when we feel stuck it's often that something in our life has to change it's often a sign that our brain is giving us That like if you are aware of these success stoppers, you are actually going to be aware of the fact that, you know what, what you're doing right now might not be working. So there's a need in change. There's a need in change if you want to move forward. So I love, love, loved when she spoke um, about that in her book. So bossing up is pretty much based on all of these success stoppers. So I'd love for us to dive deep into the first topic, which was personally, one of my favorite topics as a purpose coach knowing what you want is definitely what I can't stress people more and more and more you need to know what you want to get on the right path you need to start by knowing what you want first and then you need to identify what are my desires and you would be so surprised as to how many people I work with and I ask So tell me, what do you love? Like, what do you want in life? And people actually look at me as if the question I just asked them was a crazy question, something they've never asked themselves, right? And it's so basic, but it's a question we must ask ourselves. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about your process. When you figured out, you were like, I wanna become an entrepreneur. I wanna own my own agency. Are there any tips from the book that you actually used to help you know what you wanted? And to maybe set goals in the first place,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, when i I mean, I always kind of knew from the time I was little that being an entrepreneur was something that I wanted to do eventually. But I never thought that I would dive into it so young. Like I pretty much did it right out of school once I graduated. Um and I always thought that I was going to work for another company, you know, kind of, Get some experience down and and have that um, on my resume before I got started. Um, and at the time, throughout my university career, um, I was working at a visual effects and animation studio. And, um, I worked there for maybe almost three years. Um, and while I was there, like a lot of the management was shifting. It was becoming a lot more corporate, um, and less of a more relaxed environment like it had been. Um, and management was changing a lot. So we ended up, um, well, my boss ended up Uh, switching. And it was um, basically the definition of just like a white male power tripping. And um, I'm not someone who deals with incompetence. I'm not someone who's going to take crap from anyone. I don't care if you're my boss. Like, if you don't respect me, I won't respect you. That's always been my mentality. That's how I was brought up. And uh, anyway, long story short, it was um, really hard for me to work in that kind of environment and I ended up quitting for my own mental sanity. (laughs) Um, But through that experience, learned that um, I really didn't like working for people, not just the one boss that I had. But in general, I really didn't like having to, um, you know, go to someone and get their approval before I could do things on my own when I knew What the best situation was to um, kind of go about a certain thing you know like in in our career and a lot of the times just because they're your boss doesn't necessarily mean that they know what's best right so that was a huge thing coming out of this so when i was reading samantha chris's chapter make it uh till you make it uh it really resonated with me because you know you hear the saying like fake it till you make it and she was saying how like we need to like Kind of push that aside and 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 call it like make it till you make it um so even if i hadn't read her book when i first started my business i feel like i took a lot of the suggestions that she made in that chapter without even knowing because um i hadn't read the book yet uh, but in that cha- in that chapter specifically, she talks about imposter syndrome. And I know that that's something that I've dealt with during my entrepreneurial Same. journey. And so many others do too. Exactly. Um, it's, so basically for people who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's, it's when you feel like a fraud. Um, so a big part of starting to take myself seriously and setting goals was basically just shifting my way of thinking and allowing myself to believe that I had value to provide with my clients because I did. Um, you know, Samantha Chris shares ten points to keep in mind when you feel imposter syndrome, like seeping through. And one of them is to remind yourself that if you're providing your audience with value, you aren't a fraud. Another point um, was that. As you're learning and adjusting as you go, that doesn't make you a fraud either. It makes you human. And that was another really great tip for me because in order to grow, you have to be willing to continue to learn from past experiences, as well as like enrolling in courses and workshops that will provide you with more knowledge, even as a professional. Um, it doesn't make you any less of a knowledgeable person in that field. Um, and then the last point that she shares in that list, um, that really resonated with me is that just because someone has fancy credentials, it doesn't mean they know more than you. And this kind of goes back to my experience with, um, that boss that I had who, um, basically just told us to do things because he was the manager, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily what was best for the company. And as someone who was working there for three years, I took that to heart because I was at the bottom, right? And for him, it was, you're at the bottom, you do as I say. So that was a really big, another really great and big point for me. It's, um, you know, networking has really allowed me to see who's out there. And oftentimes, I'm really shocked at these other leaders that are out there um, and all the experience that they have. Um, I usually never feel subpar when I meet a lot of them. And oftentimes, I I leave feeling more empowered as a young businesswoman, um, which is such an important um, lesson for new entrepreneurs. And, That lesson is just because someone's been in the business for many years, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make you any less than them in any way, shape, or form. I love that. I feel like if you come
0: from a point of value and you know that you're offering value to your clients... I feel like there's nothing that you can actually do wrong if you come from that place of, you know what, I just want to bring value to these people. And you know that you're going to find a way to to do that work and we can all just get started and we're going to figure it out it's just like, if you know that you're giving value, I honestly feel like you're not doing something wrong. So thanks for sharing your story. That is so, so inspiring. Were you actually doing social media at that work or like, how did you do the switch from
1: that work to an agency? Um, So I was an admin, so there was some social involved, but not too much. Um, their marketing department was in London, so unfortunately it wasn't here in Montreal, but social media was always something that I was passionate about. I I did it as a freelance while I was in university and it was something that I grew my personal brand on Instagram. Um, So you know, photography, storytelling, you know, it's always something that I've been passionate like I love always loved writing from the time I was little. And uh, photography is something also that I've been really passionate about for many years.
0: I love that. Like I saw your social media and it's just it makes me feel so good. the colors are the same the feel is just so amazing so i can see how you had that within you and you just decided to like you know what let's help other people get their game on on social media like you do so i love 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 your journey and it actually makes me think of what Samantha Chris says that one of the like key points in this process of knowing what you want is actually listening I love how simple she gives that idea that listening will make you a better thinker, will make you a better communicator, but we forget that listening at the end of the day will help us know what we want. Um, and I love how she actually uses in her words that listening to yourself and inner communication is in her opinion, the best advice you'll ever receive. So, I feel like, yes, you can ask others like what are their opinions on what you should do, but the real key is asking that question yourself because in that sense, you will be pursuing success on your own terms. And as she says in the book, listening really starts with being open being open to receiving what your mind has to say what your body has to say and often we don't want to listen to what our body nor does what our mind has to tell us so just to help a little bit our listeners that are wondering is there any skills set that they can have to help their inner communication and i love the steps that samantha shares in her book so she says that step number one You want to find a place where you can disconnect from everything that oppresses you and where you can declutter your mind. So the objective here is really just to see where your mind takes you. Step number two, our bodies expresses themselves physically and I mean unpleasantly when we ignore with our mind and what our heart really is trying to tell us. So a trick she says is using the five W's. So if you want to do this quick listening session to help you pinpoint what your success stopper is, what you need to fix and how fixing it or not could help you and others around you. So the first W is who will your decision impact? Number two, what can I do to improve my situation? Number three, when did I start feeling this way? And when will I take action? Number four, where do I see myself in six months? And number five, why do I feel this way? So step number three love is don't stop asking yourself questions. It's a regular and really, really healthy practice that we should all be doing just to tune in to ourselves. So really in other words, what she's trying to tell us is that turning our listening skills inside is really the most effective way and knowing what we want in life. And from experience, I would say that you have to go like a step further. So yes, you listen to yourself, but one of the keys I found was getting myself out of my comfort zone doing things that I've never ever done before because often we don't know what we like if we don't try it I remember starting my master's and telling my sister I will never manage social media and I actually ended up doing that in the startup I was working for and I ended up falling in love with social media as well so can you imagine if I hadn't tried that thing I was saying I was never gonna do and I know I was saying that because I was fearful, um, I would have never known. So Samantha Chris really, really encourages you to push those limits because getting out of your comfort zone is where growth comes from. And she says, and I love, I'm, I'm going to quote her. She says, you won't get better results with the same tactics like that is just so very true so i'm really curious to know for you alicia how do how did you deal with getting yourself out of your comfort zone in your journey to become an entrepreneur
1: yeah i think that honestly that part of the book has really resonated with me as well because um i know that for myself i'm someone who struggles a lot with anxiety and i know that so many others do as well so putting myself out there exiting my comfort zone Obviously, it's not comfortable for anyone, but it's especially hard for people who have those little doubts in their head, you know, that anxiety in your chest, just making it that much harder. Um, So it's something that I've struggled with a lot in the beginning. um, You know, it's all about your network, especially with social media, getting new clients. Um, And my network was very limited. So, you know, going to networking events and putting myself out there and meeting new people was something that... I told myself I never wanted to do, that's something that I'm not comfortable with, um, and yet I had to, right? In order to grow, I really had to put myself out there. Um, so I struggled so much in the beginning. Um, I, I I really felt so uncomfortable going to these events, um, but once I was there, I told myself, you know what, I'm here, you know, you're uncomfortable for what, two, three hours, and then it's done, you know? You've connected with all these people, um, try and put yourself out there you know I'm giving myself that pep talk um, so that was probably the number one way I had to exit my comfort zone in order to grow and be a successful business um, and get my name out there as someone who was literally a nobody in this in the beginning right um, so it it was hard and one thing that I was I've always been really good at which has helped me a lot through that that putting myself out there at these networking events was, I'm anxious, I start to freak out, I get really red, my heart's pounding, but once I'm there, and I start talking to someone, I'm able to put that face on and, and act very confident, mature. Um, and that's something that obviously resonates really well with people. Um, I've had people tell me constantly that they are so surprised at how mature, how well-spoken I am for someone of my age. And on ultimately that's really what's gotten my name out there and, and has gotten me new clients. And, um, that's something that, like I said, I was kind of always really good at, which I, it's some, It's one of my strengths, um, but it doesn't necessarily make it any easier internally when I'm putting myself out there. Um, and it's still to this day something that I struggle with completely. It's just now I've kind of moved past uh, I'm not going, I'm not going, and then end up going and freaking out. Um, and now it's really I see it, I'll go. Um, I'm still anxious, but I'm able to put myself in that position. But I think deep down, it's always going to be something that is kind of really putting myself out of my comfort zone. I don't think I'll ever be fully 100% confident um, attending networking events or speaking. I've been asked to speak quite a few times um, now at certain uh, women empowerment events, um, which I love. I love sharing my voice, but it doesn't necessarily make it any less stressful. (laughs) I find that so encouraging for
0: the people that are listening that you are actually open with the fact that, yes, I do get anxious, but the reality is if you wanted to get your business to where it is today, you wouldn't have the things that you have if you didn't put yourself out of that comfort zone. And it's not more easy today than it was yesterday. It's just that we know that it's the thing that we're supposed to do And once you're in it, I feel like it's really the beginning when you're just like you have the jitters. But when you start doing it, it actually feels good. And sometimes in retrospective, you're like, okay, this was actually really fun. Like, let's do it again. hundred percent. You gain that confidence. Yeah, that's exactly it. So thank you so much for sharing that. So I'm hoping that people listening will take so much inspiration from the fact that you got anxious you still did it and so much beauty came out of it and there's actually a saying that is so old that is a little bit more focused on the negative and I love how Samantha Chris is like no let's switch this to the positive and she says what's the best that can happen so i would really love to invite our listeners and tell them that the next time they feel like they are confronted to fear to do something new or for example as you said you're going to a networking event and you're stressed ask yourself what's the best that can happen and i feel like the second you reframe that saying You feel so empowered. You're like, okay, let's focus on the positive. Let's focus on the good things that could come out of this and not focus on the worst that could happen. So I was absolutely blown away with that new way of reframing. And I've actually caught myself telling people, like, what's the worst that can happen? And stop myself and being like what's the best that can happen. So I'm hoping that people are going to start to reframe that way of saying so no, super, super inspiring. And I feel like another really important theme from the book is success. So naturally knowing what success means to us and working with my clients, I've noticed that what's so sad is that we are in a world where society is moving so quickly. We never take a second to stop. And ask ourselves what does success mean to me so often we go to school we study X and then we decide to do X and we don't take the time to be like does success really mean that to me like is that what makes me happy so often we have a hunch. We know, we have like a gut feeling of what our true calling is, but for some reason, we decide to take a whole different path. And it's often a path that our friends or our peers or our family think that we should be taking. Um, And Samantha Chris says that, you know what, let's stop asking ourselves, what's my purpose? And actually asking ourselves, what makes me happy? It's actually something I started reframing with my clients as well because I've noticed that purpose comes with a lot a lot of pressure and people feel stressed when they ask themselves that question um, because it is a lifelong journey but when you ask yourself what makes me happy it feels like a little bit more attainable so at the end of the day if you do what you're happy what makes you happy what success means to you you're pretty much living your purpose at the end of the day anyways so my question to you is Has your journey to finding success and really doing what you love has ever been challenged by your loved ones? And have you ever felt the pressure to conform to whatever other people were thinking you should be doing instead?
1: I would say I've been lucky. I've been really lucky. Um, My parents and sisters, boyfriend, all my friends have been nothing but supportive of me on this entrepreneurial journey. Um, I would say that in school, definitely there was a little bit more of a pressure from my end to conform to, to programs, I guess, that would get me a degree where I'd be able to get a job at the end of the day. Um, I know that I struggled a lot with that. I really wanted to pursue the arts And, um, you know, my parents were a little bit more hesitant towards that because they really wanted, uh, me to get a degree where I wouldn't necessarily struggle to find a job at the end of the day. Um, I know I really, for a minute, I really wanted to go into creative writing and, you know, my parents weren't necessarily for that, but at the end of the day, I genuinely think that they had my best interest at hand. It wasn't that they wanted me to be like a a businesswoman or go into, you know, like finance or anything like that. It was really just, they wanted what was best for me. And, I understand now looking back, and I am grateful that they they kind of directed me on a path. We were able to find like a happy medium where I was able to pursue more of a creative field, but still be able to um, you know find job opportunities, I guess, once I graduated. And that's not to say that if you get a creative arts degree uh, uh, or like a creative writing degree that you won't find job opportunities. Um, but my I was very young and now looking back, going into creative writing wouldn't have been optimal for me and what I wanted to pursue. So I ended up going into communications, actually, which was perfect. Because if you're not aware at Concordia, which is a a Montreal university, um, their communications program is super creative. So they have really like hands on projects, um, you know, not a lot of testing. It's mostly like group projects where you're able to be really creative. So it ended up being the perfect compromise for the both of us. And honestly, looking back, like I loved my program. Some people are like, oh, you know, I didn't really like this. I loved my program, everything about it. I loved school. I was like so sad when I graduated. Um, But now looking back, like they've always believed in me and they've never uh, doubted me for a second. Um, And, you know, to have that support system has obviously really helped me, especially as a young entrepreneur. A lot of people looked at me when I was 22 and they're like, She's a 22 year old entrepreneur, you know, it's a bit iffy. But my parents always believed in me, like my sisters, boyfriend, friends, like I said, they've always been my support system. Um, And I would say that that's a huge um, reason for my success this far is because I've had that super strong support system. And I think that that's one huge key aspect to a lot of people's success.
0: I would totally agree I would say that if you can't find it home or around you um, I totally agree. You should go see for like groups, networking groups, or even like there's a lot of faith Facebook groups out there that can really support you and not make you feel like you're all alone. Because I can relate in that sense of, you were saying that you absolutely loved your university. I was in a communications um, bachelor as well, but at UCAM and it was marketing and communications totally loved it but on my end my dad even when i finished that bachelor was still hoping i was going into law so i i had that pressure so i feel like that's where i had to go elsewhere i had to go see what groups in montreal are there where there are female entrepreneurs that can really support me so that's where i found that support and i'm hoping out there that people that do want to take decisions like we have to become entrepreneur find that support. If it's not home, find it somewhere. So I'm absolutely, I applaud your parents. I know that at the end of the day, they really want the best for us. Even when I would see my dad asking me to go in law, I knew that at the end of the day, he was just so scared. He was scared for me to do something he's not aware of, something he's never, exactly. So no, so I would totally agree. And like, I'm so happy that you had that support. And as you said, find it find that support. If it's not home, find it somewhere else. Um, So I feel like the key here at the end of the day is like silence all the voices. Silence all of the voices around you when it comes to defining what success means to you because at the end of the day, we are the only person that can know what makes us happy. It really is the key. And I just love how Samantha guides us in her book. And she says that if there's a disconnect between what you love and what makes you happy and what your vision of success is, then chances are you should dig a little bit deeper and beyond your wants so she says that think about what's driving them and see if it ties back to your idea of happiness so why do you want to do these things how do you want to feel through doing these things because if there's still a disconnect the chances are that you may be pursuing imposed success, which means success that comes from a vision of other people. You're prioritizing success and the vision of other people versus your own way of envisioning success. So um, I would say that that was a huge key in the book. Loved when she said that. And another thing she added was like, it's okay to change your mind. And that's one thing that ties back to the idea of like, yeah, but I studied X, so I'm supposed to do X. But no, you are allowed. Like, I am giving permission to everyone listening. You are allowed to change your mind, and it's okay to change your mind. And I love how Samantha Chris says in her book, she says, this is how it was meant to be, is really not a good enough reason to continue moving on a specific direction because at the end of the day you just have to find something that makes you happy and that's like period so I was really curious to know on your journey have you ever given yourself permission to change your mind and would you say that what you've planned six months ahead is the same as what you are living today so have have you changed your mind through your
1: journey Definitely. A hundred percent. Um, I'm a firm believer that in order to grow, like you're going to end up changing your, your mindset because you learn as you go. Um, you know, your initial idea of what you had in mind is never the outcome. So I was, when I got started, I was really following like the traditional social media agency route, um, meaning, you know, getting monthly clients to sign on to monthly packages. Um, and I realized that although I did like the work, um, it wasn't exactly what I enjoyed the most out of my career. So I kind of shifted my business to be more of a digital agency. Um, so, meaning that now that a lot of the work that I do is solely online. Um, so I can reach more people and it takes um, less time for me, which means that I have access to them through phone calls or Zoom meetings. And um, less. it's less of meeting up with people constantly in person, which gives me so much more time to work on content for my clients, um, which is the ultimate goal for me. Like I love creating the content for them, whether that's, um, you know, uh, workshops or, you know, PDF documents that I can send them, um, or more even meetings through zoom. Um, so I do offer now like workshops both in person and online coaching sessions. And I'm working on some e-courses in the future as well, which when I first got started had, I always wanted to do it, but I never had the time to, to, to dedicate to it. Um, so my, my, my work can now reach more people and faster and it's truly what i enjoy most like creating the content is what i'm most passionate about um so i do still have monthly clients but i have expanded my business in a way that i never thought i would have in the beginning for sure and i feel like we have to be open to that change especially
0: with how technology is developing so quickly. So I feel like you're literally just utilizing what the internet is offering you. So I find that really, really inspiring. So I would say that I think that what we can take away from this is life is too short and we shouldn't settle for whatever we're doing right now and feeling like because I've been doing it, I should continue doing it and just tell ourselves that it's okay to pivot, it's okay to change, and it's even necessary if we want to grow so super super key here and if anyone is feeling stuck right now well it's maybe time to put a plan of action together so that brings us to our third subject so now that we know what we want we know what success means to us it's time to focus on progress and not on perfection so a progressive mindset really is all about focusing on the journey and not on the destination and it's also all about seeing setbacks not as failure but as lessons so where whether you think that you can do something in life or if you can't do it you are right the way our subconscious mind is wired is crazy it's wired in a way that whatever you tell it it's going to prove you whatever you are saying. So that's why it's so important when we talk of awareness of our thoughts and aware of what our mindset is, is key. And that's why we say that mindset is everything. But the good news is, is that we're the ones that have control over it. So I would love to know a little bit more about your process, and your approach when you decided to take action and start your business and if you have any tips for us on how do you stay enthusiastic how do you stay in that motion and never stopping and not giving up
1: yeah i think that's a that's a really great question um and i would have to say just just to start it's not to discourage everyone anyone but it's the fact that you need to be honest with yourself especially when you're getting started and that that truth is that not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. And unfortunately that's, that's the harsh truth. If you're someone who gets knocked down really easily, gives up really easily. If you don't have discipline to get up in the morning and put in work, it's not necessarily something that's for everyone. Um, so being honest with yourself fully and truly is one of the things that I think people need to, to have. And it's definitely something that I've thought a lot about. Um, the next thing is definitely 100% passion. So if you're really passionate about what you do, when you get knocked down, you get right back up and you know you try to find another way in order to succeed. I think passion is probably one of the number one things that you need in order to you know maintain enthusiastic uh, because when you're passionate about something, literally you might get knocked down for like five minutes but you get right back up and you keep going at it because it's what you truly wanna be doing with your life. Um, I would say the next thing is confidence, especially, um, in the beginning, because you really need to believe in yourself. If you don't, you're going to get knocked down so easily. You know, the world's just going to rip you to shreds. Um, so you need to be confident. You need to believe in yourself and, um, the last thing that I would say, which we kind of touched on already, is the support system. So exactly like you said, if you don't have it at home, if you don't have it, you know, a friend group that understands, try and go find it somewhere else. Um, yeah, those are probably the main things that that I would say have really been uh, how I keep enthusiastic.
0: I love that. Self-awareness, honestly, is so, so key. So knowing who you are first and then being passionate, I would say that passion has has been the key to who I am today. I am just like a bubble of passion in whatever I do. I just like jump in 120% and I'm the type that's like, if I have a plan A and it's bulletproof, why would I have a plan B? Like I am going to make sure I do everything, I change, I pivot that plan A so it's gonna work. Um, And I feel like why is that? Well, it's the confidence. So it taps into your third and the support system is, oh my goodness, it's so key. It's one of the things that I've noticed more and more of my clients are telling me, oh, it's so difficult. I have no one that supports me. And It's often what stops them to do the things that they want to do so I feel like we could almost like reverse engineer and tell people like start and find that tribe or that group of people that are gonna motivate you so much and bring you back to that passion because I feel like sometimes people are tamed and it's like okay let's bring back that fire Um, so I love your tips like those are four tips I hope like people are just like noting down their those four and I have them ingrained so self-awareness confidence Confidence, passion and support system love love it so thanks for sharing that I feel like it shows how you have a progressive mindset and progressive mindset really is key so it really is something that we want to focus on and another really important thing is opening opportunities to ourselves and Samantha Chris talks about her golden rules so she actually gives us ways of like how do I open doors how do I create opportunities for me and for others? and I would love to share three of them that I absolutely love and can totally relate to so the first one is you want to be making genuine connections you want to be initiating communication number two is you want to be encouraging others and number three is asking how you can help and deliver so I would love to know on your journey how have you opened doors of opportunity for yourself
1: yeah, it, it honestly, Samantha Chris touches on it just like you said in her book, and and I'm gonna just repeat it. It's all about your network. It's literally all about your network. Um, she's right. <laughs> it's that's really how you're gonna uh, get your name out there and, and 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 succeed. And those three, you know, points that you just shared are. Honestly, I don't think I can add anything to that. That's exactly what I've been doing, Uh, connecting at networking events and reaching out to people on LinkedIn. She touches on that as well. You know, trying to build genuine connections with people. I think that another big one is like finding mentors. So people that you can contact who have... um, more knowledge than you, I would say, and, and who have been in the industry longer and who can kind of help guide you and give you their input. So for example, I know that when I launched my website, I reached out to all my mentors and I was like, you know, can you please take a look and let me know what you think? Um, because even though I love it, I really wanna make sure that my audience is gonna resonate with it as well. Um, So definitely network, network, network. It's something that I've worked so hard on. And it really is all your opportunities are really about who you know. Yeah, I totally agree. And do you have a tip on how you found your mentors? I would love, love, love to know that. Yeah, for sure. So I've been really fortunate. Um, My dad has been in business for many, many years, and he's met a lot of people along the way. A lot of those people work in marketing. So he's been able to connect me with them. Um, And a few of my other mentors I've also met through networking events solely, and we just stayed in contact. Um, You would be surprised how willing these people are, especially ones that, you know, are retired or have more time on their hands. They literally love helping younger generations succeed. And that's what I really love about this entrepreneurial community, especially here in Montreal. I find, um, you know, we're so used to people kind of being competition over community basically. And the entrepreneurial community is the complete opposite. It is so welcoming. Uh, People really just want to see you succeed. And, you know, these mentors as well. Um, it doesn't matter the age gap. It really, you know, you might think like, oh, they're older, they don't know like what I'm trying to pursue. But that's really not true. Especially I find, especially in like the digital age, people who've worked in marketing and um, they they know, like they know where we're progressing. And um, I think that that's also just like not a great uh, mindset to have um, they can definitely have they definitely have like a lot of knowledge to provide you with so I think just being open to who you're meeting especially at networking events has been a really big thing for me as well to find some mentors I
0: would say the same networking events have been huge I've also been also in a lot of like groups from Montreal so it starts with the events and then you just get into the Facebook Facebook group and just the relationships that you create through these groups are amazing and another thing you touched upon mentorship through people that might be older that have more experience is so key like I remember when I left my nine-to-five I went to my mom and I was like look you work in media I want to meet people that are in your surroundings and Honestly, the list of people that wanted to meet me, as you said, they are hungry to help young generations. They have so much to offer. So we just have to be open. Like I've noticed, ask questions. Do not be scared to just ask questions. Be curious, do you know someone that could help me? Can you help me on this? Because at the end of the day, you will find a win-win situation. You can have these partnerships that I love calling them and And ask yourself how are both parties winning in this partnership so there's always a way to like there's a win-win if it's not now you're gonna give back uh, one day so no love 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 all your tips and finding mentors I think is another really key thing that Wasn't like I totally forgot about it. So I'm really happy that you actually stumbled upon that subject So really I hope people are inspired to go out there meet people I know right now it's difficult. So that's why online communities are key like Facebook groups just write in a keyword that you love like passionate about I don't know, social media, then write it down, Instagram, you will find these groups online. So thank you so much for sharing so many great tips. And now I really wanted to end on one of the subjects I felt was One of the biggest ones for me, and it was setting goals. So Samantha Chris says that you need to commit to a plan if you want to achieve your goals. And she says, and I quote, goal setting is a powerful process that helps to plan for a preferred outcome and sparks the motivation necessary to turn that vision into reality. So really what we want to think of first is why does this thing that I want to do matter to me? And ask yourself, does it matter enough for me to keep going if I've been thrown curveballs left and right? So, Samantha Chris actually developed what she calls her real goal methodology to actually help her connect emotionally with her goals and to really allow her to be accountable to them. And I would say that that part of the book was one of my biggest aha moments because I've been so often told, you have to put down and set SMART goals and I always felt like there's missing something there's missing inspiration there's missing the why behind why I want to do these things because at the end of the day that core why is what is gonna have me keep going and not giving up so I was absolutely blown away so now I am setting my goals in the real method kind of way. And I'm sure that right now the listeners are like, okay, but can you share this with us? Like, how do I do this real methodology? So I just would love to take a second and dissect each of the letters. So real starts with resonant. So you want to make sure that your goals are resonating with your core values and your vibe, as she says. Um, they have to resonate with your why, Why are you pursuing them? Why does this goal matter to you? And what impact will that goal have on achieving your vision of success? Because when your goals resonate, well, even when things get tough, you will not fail. Letter E is for empowering. So if you're going to achieve anything in life, especially, especially when it's something that requires change in thought, change in behavior, your goals need to empower you to stay motivated and personal empowerment really is a combination of two things. It's a combination of believing in yourself and following through. So real goals really embody your strengths and reminds you of your ambition to do more, to learn more and to be more. Letter A stands for actionable. So you want to break down your goal into smaller, actionable steps. So every step forward counts and it minimizes the risk and reduces fear. L stands for lucrative. So before we begin to pursue the success we want, you just and you must identify with what's in it for me. And why does it matter? If you're ever going to feel truly successful, you have to anchor what you're doing to the direct impact it has on your life. So you must profit from your goals and it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary, by the way, it could mean learning something new. It could be putting an idea into action. It could be turning a profit on your idea. Establishing what you'll gain from achieving your goal really makes it easier to work towards them. So, Pretty much, in a nutshell, real goals are transforming what we are used to, this checklist, into much more of a way of life. They're meant to align your thoughts, your emotions, and actions in order for you to achieve success. So for any new project that you're starting, if you're thinking of what you want to do, you must think of what matters, how you want to to feel through these projects and what you need to do to make it happen and what's waiting for you at the end of your goal and use that to take a leap. So I'm super curious to know, Alicia, can you tell us what are the real goals that you have set yourself this year?
1: For sure. I loved this section of the book too. Uh, because honestly, it's it's you're so right um, when you said that we tend to focus on setting SMART goals, which are definitely important, but if we can't back them up with the why you're setting those goals in the first place, it's sometimes hard to execute those SMART goals. So if you're able to come back to those real goals, it makes it so much easier. Um, so. Definitely for me, the the R from the real, the resident would be it comes down to two things. The first one being I'm doing this because I truly love helping others achieve success. I love seeing my clients, you know, hit those numbers, hit those clients that they've been trying to reach. it It brings me so much happiness. And the second thing is that I love being independent and relying on myself and solely myself. Um, I love seeing myself succeed and proving myself right every time I set and hit a goal. Um, I feel so empowered and it feels amazing and I'm proud to say that I'm proud of myself and it feels good to feel proud of your own work. Um, So the E from the real would be empowering and I would say that Um, You know the saying that goes, if you're unhappy with how you look, take five minutes every day to look yourself in the mirror and repeat, I'm beautiful, and then eventually you'll start to believe it. That's literally how I live my life and stay empowered. Whenever I start to feel doubt in my mind, I try and remind myself that I'm living in fear, like that doubt is coming from a place of fear, and that's the only reason that there's doubt. Um, If I'm scared something won't work out or I'm scared that the outcome won't won't turn out how I'd hoped. Um, Instead, I try to repeat positive affirmations and continue to work my hardest and it's been a game changer. So even if I don't 100% believe in those positive affirmations in the beginning, after a few weeks of repeating them, I start to. And that's what keeps me going. You play the part until you become the part. For actionable, I would say that I've always been a list maker. For me, lists are my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, And a huge motto that I live by and that I tell all my clients, my friends, family, everyone is when you look at the big picture, you tend to get super overwhelmed. Take it one day at a time, one task at a time. When you look at the big picture, it just everything just is like coming at you and you get so overwhelmed. So that's why I always encourage people to make lists and more so than just take it one day at a time, take it one item on your list at a time and when you check it off, move on to the next one. Don't even focus on the other ones until you've completed the ones above. Then for the last one, lucrative, um, a big thing for me is being able to make my own schedule and set time aside for myself whenever I want. Um, I choose when I feel most productive to work and the days that I need, mental health days, for example. So I set my deadlines and I'm able to work at my own pace. And that's honestly one of the biggest game changers in my life because I work smarter and better because I know when I'm most efficient. Um, The next one is that I get to see others succeed and know that I'm the one who helped them get there So there's nothing that makes me happier than when a client of mine calls me or texts me telling me they reached one of their goals It honestly makes me so happy and feel fulfilled um, Because I know I'm making an impact and you know that impact might not be world peace, but it's something Um, so I know that my work and my job has value and I truly feel like I have a purpose i love it and the one thing that you said and i feel like a
0: lot of people get stuck on this is the overwhelm of looking at your goals and like seeing the bigger picture and getting frozen in that fear and i love the way you spoke about it it's really like i see like a like stairs So you don't look at the top and get super overwhelmed. You're like, okay, what's the next step I have to take? So what's the action and not like the huge project that you're like, my vision is to become X, Y, Z. So that for me was huge in um, my journey as well, because it is really, really (laughs) important to take it like take a step back and just start seeing what's next. Like what's the next thing I have to do. And love, love, love that you said make it until you make it in a sense that you were saying that those affirmations, sometimes you were like, do I even believe in this? But I'm still going to say it and say it. And the way our mind works... It's just magical because if you continue telling your mind this thing, it will believe it and it will make sure that it happens because it is through that repetition that you are going to believe deeply into that thought. So thank you so much for sharing those amazing, amazing goals. And, um, as final advice, I would love to know at what extent would you say that bossing up has impacted or guided your career in any way. So
1: I actually read Bossing Up years after starting my business. And like I said earlier in this episode, I feel as though I learned a lot of the tips Samantha Chris shared on my own over the years. Um, But that's also why I think her book is so influential. She's so real in her stories and sharing that it's okay to fall down as long as you pick yourself back up. And I think everyone, not just entrepreneurs, should read her book and try to integrate her tips in your everyday life. Um, But one thing that has changed drastically since reading her book um, has been my mindset. So whenever I start to feel those negative thoughts creep in and doubts, I try my best to cancel them out with positive affirmations. Um, At the end of the day, you know, you have to believe in yourself in order to succeed because no one else is going to make it happen. And um, that's probably the number one thing that I've taken away from her book. I love that.
0: Is there any, if you had to give me like the three key takeaways you took from bossing up for our listeners out there that are like, okay, all of this is great. But if you had like three things that were really the most key parts of bossing up, would you have anything to add on what you just said?
1: Yeah, so the number one would be that in order to be truly successful, you have to unlearn pessimism and expecting the worst outcomes in situations. By putting negative thoughts out there, you're attracting negative outcomes. So you also need to stop associating sky's the limit goals with realism, like we touched on, um, more specifically being unrealistic, because that's just not true. That's just a learned behavior that that we have. Um, anything is possible with a positive mindset, and you just have to truly believe in yourself. And know that if something doesn't work out, it's because something better is in store for you. And um, the next thing that I would definitely say is, honestly, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's something that I live by. And it's something that Samantha Chris touches so much on in her book. And it's so important, and that is that life is way too short to settle. If you're not happy in your path, there's more than enough time to change it. And life is just way too short to be doing anything um, than but what makes you truly happy. Oh my goodness, I feel like
0: we should just like end on this. It was just <laughs> such a high note. I'd say that on my end, what I really took away from the book was how important it is to set these real goals, goals that will inspire you and really bring happiness to yourself to really continue taking action how small or how big those steps are that you will take and you just said it before make it until you make it and just keep going and never never stop if you find that thing that you truly love please do not give up and believe that you can do whatever you set your mind to and as you said if it doesn't work then maybe there's just something better that's coming in store for you, right? So um, like there's so many nuggets of wisdom in this episode. Um, Honestly, Alicia, your presence today was just so amazing. And um, I thank you so much for all that you
1: shared today. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to my conversation. If you have a chance, please rate, review, hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes or share with a friend. Thanks again for joining the discussion. And remember that books are powerful tools to help you get to where you want to be in life. So keep reading, my friends, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Books Made Me Do It podcast.